Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen and I'm joined today by my good friends Mason from Buffalo and Bradford Sonnenberg all the way up there in Alberta, Canada. Obviously, we get uh, convened the day after Christmas to talk about the biggest Broncos news of the day. This will be a Broncos heavy podcast. I can assure you uh, of that much. We'll also be talking about some coaches on the hot seat and maybe just some brief observations from some of the games we watch. Boys, let me tell you something. Does this make me less of a degenerate now or like a more well-rounded human being or what? I did not track the games on Christmas Eve and Christmas as closely as I usually do. Like, I, I kind of, I tuned into Red Zone uh, for the end. Well, I watched the end of Chiefs Seahawks, and then I watched basically the end of uh, Giants Vikings, which was entertaining. And then I watched on mute the entirety of, while listening to some podcasts, the entirety of eagles cowboys and then for work i had to watch steelers raiders but yesterday the only game i watched from start to finish uh well that's a lie i did watch two of the three from start to finish but i i think this shows personal growth uh in where i would have been a sicko uh, about a year ago i think i've been able to step back and gain some perspective and well-roundedness as a human i did not watch bucks cardinals although i did watch the youtube highlights this morning so i i i would just like to ask both of you am i growing as a person as much as i'd like to give you credit for your apparent growth as a human being i i'm not suggesting that you have not done so but i think it has more to do with your lack of enthusiasm for football given the uh, current state of your uh denver broncos as we will get into i think it's more you've you've managed to uh, disillusion yourself with the sport at large as a reflection of your of your emotions tied to your absolute heaping dumpster fire of a franchise. It's really where I think the disillusion. I've been through this with some of my sports teams in the past, where it, you sort of you sort of stop caring about the sport a little bit, and you're able to have some perspective in your life. I mean, this is a good thing for you, right? Now you're able to live a little bit. The Broncos, Russell Wilson is doing you a favor. He is helping you be a better man. I kind of miss being a football sicko, though. I, I that, that's something, but I'm hoping you know I, I'm I'm transitioning away from a sports job. I'm really hoping a little bit of perspective this off season and a little bit of time away from sports over the next month, except for the NFL playoffs, which I will watch all of. Um, gets me back into next season more rejuvenated than ever and more excited for football. Uh, that that's that's what I'm hoping for. I think I think you'll be able to find some some perspective in that. It's it's always good to take a step back. Everybody everybody's excited for game one of the season, no matter what. Yeah, Mason, any thoughts? No, I I definitely agree. I mean, I think it's healthy to step away from it once in a while. I don't think the NFL did us any services by packing Christmas Eve and Christmas solid with NFL games. It's like, hey, you guys want to not have a family life? Let's freaking go. Uh, but no, yeah, uh, I, I also think Bradford makes a pretty valid point because I very vividly remember the drought years and when, uh, the dumpster fire would be back and playoffs were a distant memory, we'd be like, all right, time to check out for a while, watch a game or two here and there, and then move on with my life. Happier. I, 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 uh, I regret to inform you I've watched all but 
one Denver Broncos game this year. So I, I I don't I don't know about that. I think I I, I do have a a strange masochistic addiction to the Denver Broncos. I, I think that. I mean, at this point, point, you almost gotta gotta hope for the dumpster fire because it's at least more interesting than being like, ah, we turned our season around with two games to go. Yeah, it's yeah, like some guess, it's like the football true. equivalent of like being into like 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 being like dominated or some kinky stuff like that. It's like the Broncos are like. Like like wearing like stiletto heels, just like stomping on your balls or something like that. I don't know. You clearly gain some type of pleasure from it. I'm not. I'm not trying to judge you, Eric. You know. Well, it came off as judgy, Bradford. Um... <laughs> Speaking of stiletto ball stomping, how about that Broncos Rams Christmas yeah. classic? What a gift. Uh, oh jeez. Yeah, I, let's I, just I... let's just get into it. Um, I mean. At least this is rock bottom, you know. Oh I've said about a few different. How many times have you said this? I've said about a few different times this season, but at least this is it, you know. <laughs> you know, it can't get worse than giving up fifty-one points to the literally only offense in the NFL worse at scoring than oh yes, the number one worst scoring offense, the Denver Broncos. They are. Truly... Don't forget it's well being co- it's it's co- being commentated by Patrick Starr as well. Yeah, I think that's that, that, the that, crucial that, element of the rock bottomhood. That <sighs> was that was very, very tough. I did not opt in for the Nickelodeon version. Uh I decided to pass on that, but I did see the Russell Wilson uh interception clip and Patrick Starr saying he shouldn't have cooked that. And I, you know, in that in that moment, um, I felt a deep pain in my heart, and I just realized, you know, what 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 a tremendous waste of time this whole exercise has been this year, um, and what a tremendous waste of time unless they make ballsy moves, which they won't because they are a classless, clueless, stupid organization, um, so. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think it's just going to be more of the same next year. Uh, I am, I'm not looking forward to it. We'll, we'll get to the piece de resistance here, which of course is that um, Nathaniel Hackett has been fired. Uh, everyone always says, you know, gives this preamble because we're going to talk about guys' jobs today, and everyone always gives these preambles like. Oh, like we gotta be considerate. Like these are people with families and blah 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 blah. Most of these guys are getting paid like ten million dollars a year. Like if they get fired from coaching football, they are going to be totally fine. I feel bad for the assistants and stuff. They they aren't as lucky, but still they're making like five hundred thousand dollars a year. Like you 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 get that when you sign your contract. You can find a new job next year. And in some fairness, it's not like a bunch of Twitter employees who woke up one day and were missing a job. Like, what we thought we had job security. You knew going into coaching, like, if your team starts losing, you might want to start getting your resume out there because you probably aren't long for this world. Yeah. I I, I mean, I always think those preambles are kind of ridiculous, but there's our preamble. Uh, So now we can talk about the fact that they fired Nathaniel Hackett, boy, probably should have done that after literally game one. Like, I mean, from, from the start, this guy was in over his head. Um, he was brought in to do three things, uh, manage coaching decisions, massive failure, had to give that up two weeks into the job. 
Uh, call plays and develop a watchable offense. Wow. Worst offense in the NFL. And also change the vibes, which, which was a big one. I, I'm stealing this from uh, the DMVR podcast, which I listened to earlier earlier today. And I think they're good points. So I want to re- reiterate them here. Changing the vibes. Oh, boy. I mean, the Broncos were fighting each other on the sideline yesterday. Randy Gregory, um, what, what a mistake that was. As I've been saying from the very beginning, please give me credit, Bradford. I, I believe from the very beginning. You are, you are I, the number from one. From the very Randy beginning, I have, I, I have classified Randy Gregory as a grade A knucklehead who should not be in the Denver Broncos. Uh, but, but you know, they, they, they signed him still. Um, so what gives me hope is that the ownership group said, okay, we'll get rid of Nathaniel Hackett. What gives me um, great pain and great sorrow is that uh, George Payton is, is back. Uh, and, and, and like that just, it makes very little sense. Like clearly the penners are new to this because if they were veteran NFL owners, they would know that coaching searches that start with an old GM and not a GM picking his own coach almost always end badly because if if, if things go terribly next year, they're going to blame George Payton, and then the coach can't choose the new GM. The new GM and the coach just kind of have to get together, and it's not a good relationship, and it creates power struggles and drama, and it, it just doesn't work. Uh but you know, Greg Penner is new to this, and um, I mean, well, it's a stupid move. Like, well, let's just call it what it is. It's incredibly stupid to bring back the GM who a went out and hired Nathaniel Hackett because of how great a quote unquote people person he was, and ignored literally everyone else. Didn't even interview Mike McDaniel's. Um, I mean, and then. Oh, yes, he, he also bought in Russell Wilson uh, and, and gave him uh, an incredible contract that the Denver Broncos just will not recover from over the next three years. Their best course of action was to cut ties entirely, make a ballsy and good business decision, and cut Russell Wilson come post-June 1st, eat the cap, tank next year, go after Caleb Williams, get Caleb Williams, potentially be good, but no, they're going to bring someone in who's going to have to sell them on quote-unquote fixing Russell Wilson when everyone here at this table knows that's just not possible because Russell Wilson is washed and bad and terrible and uh, truly just a disgusting player who I have much disdain for. And uh, was the biggest waste of $100 I've ever um, committed in my entire life buying his jersey. Uh, it, it is, uh, it is, it is tough. It is very, 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 very tough. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any anything more to say about it other than what, why don't we just look at where the Broncos are and not fool ourselves? What I'd like George Payton to do is take a, a legitimate look at his roster and say, huh, I thought I was a quarterback away. Well, you weren't. Because let's just look at this roster. The quarterback is shit. 
The offensive line is shit. But receiving talent is kind of shit. Um, the secondary is okay. The linebackers stack numbers, but Alex Singleton is shit. Like, you need to move on there. And your defensive line was a revolving door because they were all injured all year, and the only bright spot was Baron Browning. Uh, it's time to just admit your failures if you're George Payton and just say, hey, it's time for a rebuild. He won't, though, because he can't suffer another win losing season. So he'll go out, he'll make more stupid moves like signing Randy Gregory, walking suspension, walking drug case, and uh, continue to draft bust like Nick Benito and literally Mont- Montreal Washington and literally every other player they drafted this year that didn't make an ounce of difference on the field. I mean, it's hard not to just think they're doomed for the next four years. I mean, it's, and also who wants this coaching job? It has to be the least appealing coaching job in the NFL because you are in cap hell, no matter what you have no draft picks and the culture is rotten. I I said this years ago, I said this years ago and they laughed at me. They told me, Eric, you don't know pain. That's a lie. The Denver Broncos are the new Cleveland Browns. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. They are the new Cleveland Browns. They will lose every single year. Their culture will remain cancerous. They have had six head coaches in 10 years, Bradford. Six in 10 years. And about 13 different quarterbacks. They have the second longest playoff drought to only the New York Jets. It is time to stop looking at the Denver Broncos like one of these great franchises and say they are what they are. They It's time to give me sympathy. I have it as bad as a Jets fan does. I have it as bad as a Browns fan does. It's just... No, you don't. No, that's a lie. You, you have stop a tell, Super Bowl. Stop perpetuating lies. Half decade. Relax. Listen, I agree that the franchise isn't just as bad as place, but you have experienced happiness at one point or another. And if it makes you feel better, I gain a great lot of pleasure from all of this. So well, yeah, just know that somebody's you happy. You sycophant. Anyhow. Uh, well, at least I'm happy. Like, it's better than both of us being unhappy. That's a lot of unhappiness to send out into the world. But now, hey, I'm, I'm happy. happy as well. I think that's He's happy. happy. He's happy. That's more this is this than unhappiness. You got to look at the positives uh, to, to things also, like this. Also, and while we are looking listen, at the positives, to be fair to the Broncos. Well, we're looking at the positives. I did actually watch the Nickelodeon broadcast because it's something I've done since I started it. A, because I have a kid. But B, because it's actually mildly entertaining for one thing and one thing only. Up until this year, there was a running trend. And the Nickelodeon's most valuable player was nearly always, well, (laughs) always, the two years running, the losing quarterback. And it was the most entertaining thing in the world. To watch and then the they losing quarterback it. have to go give a great interview about how good the game was when they're just dead inside. It was one of the most lovely things to see. And then I'm pretty sure Baker Mayfield won it yesterday, which ruined it all. Yeah, yep, uh, actually, they did it. not give an option for anyone on the Broncos to be voted for. 
that's they I rigged mean, it. Understandable, but tragic. They rigged it. That it should have been Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson should have should have been, been the MVP winner, and he just wasn't. Uh, so I mean, but I've given anyway. my 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 thoughts on on the Broncos. I feel like there's not more much much more to be said. I mean, you guys would agree, right? Like this is this franchise is just doomed for the next three years. I don't know about three years. I think at least one. I I think if they make the right I don't, call, I don't think they're they decide make the to right call, call. Get rid of uh, Russell Wilson. Take the medicine. That it's would suck. That would require. Here's why I don't think that happens. That would happen if they had a new GM. This GM made that move and is probably going to let his pride get in the way and say, okay, we're going to try to fix Russell Wilson. And then, I mean, at this point, just hire, like, I don't know. Who is the old Lions coach? Uh, Jim Schwartz. No, no, no. The other guy who always looked dead inside. Jim Caldwell? Hey, I still think Jim Schwartz would be a great idea. I'm... Jim Caldwell. Yes, Jim, Jim Caldwell. Caldwell. Right. Just hire Jim. Just hire Jim Caldwell <laughs> and, and let him look dead inside on the sideline for a year and hey, then just look, and, and, and just charade next year and fire everyone next year. And I'll just tune out. I, I, I have announced today, though, that for the 2023 football season, um, and this will be a recurring theme throughout the offseason. I'm going into fan free agency. So I will be buying like <laughs> some sweatshirts and some hats and some gear for a for a new NFL team. The leading uh the leading leading team in the clubhouse is of course the Chargers. Um but um you know so it, spoiled. But I I uh I I refuse to sit through three years of Russell Wilson. I refuse to do it. I refuse <laughs> I refuse to let that man take off that much of my life. And what a what a switch this has been. I know you guys aren't super familiar with the history of this podcast, but way, way back in the day when we were in like the 100, 200 episode range, I was one of the biggest Russell Wilson defenders on the planet. Thought he was a top three quarterback, like loved him so much in Seattle. And I gave him my heart and he just tore it out because he's just bad now. And it's just like, Jesus. Like, why why does God hate me? As you know, the the main takeaway and for, like for Eric and the multiple sports teams that he cheers for that have won championships in the past in the past few years. He just he has it so rough. You I know, have it rough. I mean, what, Jazz have never won an NBA title. By the people, way, some people some people really have it tough. I mean, yeah. like, Utah Christmas. arguably a real place. Like, come on. Now. I mean, I think that's last fair, Christmas but... by Wham really encapsulates. That yeah. statement you yeah. made right there, honestly. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, Russell Wilson. Yep. The very next day, you gave it away. Yeah. This Looks year, like gave away the to ball save it from tears. One I'll of the funniest picks of all time. Somebody's... He caught him to his bathrooms. He caught him to his bathrooms. Shit. He officially has as many TDs as bathrooms. I blame the Chiefs for that. They ruined it. It would have been perfect, but they, they had to let him... They had to miss their stupid tackles, and they ruined something good. Man, that Bobby Wagner pick is one of the funniest picks I've ever seen. It was just a line drive straight to him. Absolutely hilarious. Oh, my. Yeah, just absolutely hilarious. All right. Good stuff. Let's talk yeah, about – Other news. So, did you guys see the Tua yeah, Tungabailoa news? Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. Because, what, uh, yeah, Mike that, McDaniel just announced – him hitting concussion protocol again. 
Yeah. Um, Team Canada is falling apart, Bradford. That's what I see in the chat. So I really hope you don't cry live on air. That would be disappointing. Um, really I, ugly. That, that, that's that that that's kind of my role. Um, but um, <laughs> but let me tell you, the Dolphins are like sort of in crisis mode. All of a sudden, yeah, like they are. hand up, hand up. I think next week or I think next week we'll have to do our top 10 quarterbacks list again. Just reevaluate things. Uh, hand up. I, I had to attack with my little way too high. I think I said he was something like the fourth best quarterback in football. Listen, I am a part of two and on. I believe in the guy. He's likable. You know, he, he, you know, he, he, he's, you know, I, I'm fond of, left-handed quarterbacks from Hawaii. Like it's just a fun combo. He seems like a really nice guy, but if I'm going to be critical of Dak Prescott these days, I, I really have to keep that same energy for Tua Tagovailoa because Holy crap. Sunday was not good for him. Not good at all. When the dolphins needed the most, he threw three straight interceptions Mike McDaniels talked about how he let the situation snowball and how he's lacking confidence right now. And that's disappointing. And then this concussion thing comes out, which here's my take on this. And then I'll let you guys take over for a little bit because I've talked a lot today. I think there is a more than non-zero chance that Tua walks away this, this off season. Uh, if you read some of the reporting that has come out of Miami, especially this offseason and actually earlier this year, he has had serious conversations with his family about his health long term. And if he's back in concussion protocol and this isn't just a soft benching, which it could be, it could be that. But I'm not going to play the conspiracy theory game here. If he truly is in concussion protocol again, that's very concerning. That's almost three times in a year. And you look back, he, he also had one last year. It's very disconcerting. And I, I think he could be a guy that steps away from the game early. Uh, the Dolphins are just not in a very good place right now. No, they're really not. And losing their quarterback when, again, they desperately need it most. This four-game losing streak has put them in desperate need of a win or two to just make the playoffs. And, I mean, if they're not prepared, you know, that's going to be a really quick out for them. And the concussion protocol thing, I mean, that's that's pretty serious. I don't know that they would use that just for, you know, get him out of the way, but not make it look like it's his fault sort of a thing. I think that, you know, that, that would be a little much it's for them. But it's they're, they have a better chance to win with him than Bridgewater. It's not <laughs> They do. And so at the end of the day, I mean, maybe he does decide to hang it up. I actually recently saw rumors about uh, Buffalo's Pro Bowl center, Mitch Morris, considering doing it as well. Because this is his eighth time, I think, in concussion protocol over the past like six or seven years. So once it adds up after a while, you kind of think to yourself, is this really what I want for the rest of my life? And, uh, you know, it, it would be hard to blame and it would be sad to see him go because I, as much as I hate the Dolphins, I really do like Tua as a person. I, I like watching him play. I like 
the thoughtful answers he gives and what a genuine human being he seems to be. Uh, uh, I've mentioned it before, I don't know on this podcast, but to other people, the image of Tua that, that is always going to stick in my brain when I think about him, the thing that's always going to first come up is going to be that picture of him sitting alone in the center of that football field after his first NFL game, just looking at everything and just taking it all in. Like, that's such a, a powerful moment of just like, wow, I'm here. And like, not something you see from, from everybody. And I'm sure they all have it. It's just to have that pictured in such a way where you just know that's what he's going through. He's such a relatable person. And it would just be horrible to see his career cut short by an injury bug like this. But again, it's his brain, man. You, you, you can't blame the guy if that's what he's going through. It, it would be like when Colts fans were booing Andrew Luck for deciding that he didn't want to keep going through rehab and keep being depressed and, and going through that garbage. It's their health. It's their body. Like, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. But at the end of the day, if that's what he wants to go for, man, more power to him. I just I, I do hope he's OK, though. Like that would be tragic. It, it would be, and I agree with the points about the Dolphins being in free fall because they looked very comfortably in a playoff spot and, I mean, even kind of challenging the Bills a little bit for the division. And, I mean, the wheels have completely fallen off, as it seems to with every Dolphins season. I I still think they make it in, but, no, they're <laughs> – Tyreek and his uh, – two is the most accurate quarterback in the league nonsense is – looking pretty funny in hindsight like it's looks like it's going to be one of those things that Tua somehow has this Tua like assuming he doesn't retire Tua has this magical ability to just be the most decisive quarterback or divisive quarterback I have I have ever I have ever seen where it's like he is either good or bad depending on the throw and I mean, the perception of him is either good or bad. Like throw to throw. I mean, this is this is this is Tua's legacy moment. Tua's a bum. Tua's a god. Tua's MVP. Cut Tua. Like I just wonder when it'll stabilize for this guy. Like I still feel like we've learned so much, but yet know so little about Tua's future in the NFL beyond his health. Like, d- have we come away with this with Tua being the guy? I don't think so, but it, he was he was supposedly an MVP candidate at one point. I don't fully understand what's going on. It's, it, it seems like it's just going to be yet another Dolphins offseason, just shrouded in uncertainty. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it just sucks. I'd like the Dolphins to be good. You know, I, I, I do think that the NFL is a more fun place when Miami has a good team. And I just... Yeah, I, I really hope two is okay. But I also understand wanting to make the best decision possible for your health. And you know, he should do that. And and he should he should he should pursue that. Um so we we will see more on that in the coming weeks. Finally, let's get to a little bit of hot seat talk. I want to talk about some of the bad teams and, and where we're at with center head coaches. We'll go division by division here, and we could talk about some of the teams that are fired. Uh, Mason, as you are new one normally are, could you be our scribe? Could you fire up a, a Google Doc or a, or a pen or something to to write down a few of these that we come up with? Uh, 
AFC East, I'm just going to say we're, we're feeling pretty safe there, right? Like, I know there have been rumblings about, like, if Bill Belichick's not willing to change, he might be forced out. I don't really believe those, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I think AFC East, everyone's pretty much safe. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like you're not you're not gonna you're you're not gonna Belichick's the guy. Until Belichick decides that he's 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 done there, I I don't see a world in which he's gone. And then all the other teams are in pretty good spots. So Mason, any thoughts? Oh, you're muted. I think. No, I I think at the end of the day, the AFC East is pretty much safe. I think if uh, Bill Belichick um, leaves, it's going to be because he wants to. It's not going to be like a forced out sort of a thing. I don't think he's in any kind of danger. Yeah, and I'd be kind of shocked if he leaves, but we'll see. I mean, he is getting older. AFC North. I just want to give a quick shout out to the Steelers who are going to somehow end up winning nine games this year. Wow. What, what a, like, but also just a moment to say, like, can we just like ease up on like the Mike Tomlin apologists out there for which there are many, like, let's just talk about that Raiders Steelers game for a second. Everyone was like, oh, what a great job by Mike Tomlin. What a, what a fantastic coaching job. He coached scared. Like, for 90% of the game, he coached scared. He kicked field goals when he should have gone for touchdowns, and he got lucky his rookie quarterback bailed him out. Like, I don't think he, that, yeah, that's the quarterback that bailed him out, to be honest. I think it's the quarterback on the other team that bailed him out. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, though, like – he coached scared and he's coached conservative all year. And I get it's kind of a product of who you have a quarterback, but like, still let's not heap praises upon this guy all the time for being like this courageous, like go for it coach, because he's not, he's, he coaches a little bit scared sometimes and he'll get his win and he'll remain one of the best coaches in the league, but like call it for what it is sometimes. And just be like, Mike Tomlin is not like is coaching scared. I get the segment of Steelers fans that sometimes gets a little bit annoyed with them. That's all I'll say. That's, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I just, I feel like sometimes it's just a I little agree bit. I that Tomlin gets in his head sometimes. Like he definitely, like there's games where he just, he, he, he loses it. But I mean, I'd have a hard time not calling him one of the best coaches in the league just because he's never had a losing freaking season. Most teams would kill for Mike Tomlin as their coach. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That is true. He is the, I mean, it doesn't make him the, one of the greatest, but he's freaking good, man. Uh, the biggest question for me in the AFC North is, do we think Kevin Stefanski is in any danger? Yeah, I don't think he's perfect. I, think I don't think he goes anywhere, but he's not completely safe. I think these last two weeks could honestly be telling. I mean, if they have two more really bad games and Deshaun Watson still looks like crap, they might want to blame somebody, and it's not going to be their brand new pretty toy. That's that's kind of what what I fear for Stefanski. Like, I don't know. The that, off, he had the, he of, had a great offense cooking with Brissett, and of course they have to mess it all up for for Watson. Like, I I think Stefanski will land on his feet somewhere, but yeah, he's definitely the fall guy. 
And okay. just because they've had a couple of good years here and there, I don't think we can discount the fact that uh, the ownership of the Browns is absolute trash. Okay. Yeah, okay. We can put them on the hot seat. I think uh, I think we do, because it's about seven to eight coaches every year that end up getting rotated out, oddly enough. It really seems to work out that way, no matter how it goes. The AFC South, Lovey Smith, he's probably gone. Um Unfortunately, but he was like a sacrificial lamb, I feel like. Yeah, he got the, put there literally just to do that. Doesn't make a lot of sense to keep him around. Um, can I say something crazy? I think Jeff Saturday has shown just enough that Jim Urs and Jim Ursay might be just crazy enough to bring Jeff Saturday back as the full-time head coach of the Colts. Give him the largest lead in NFL That's, history. What are you talking about? That might be the craziest thing I've heard. You might, might be right. I mean, listen. I'm just if saying. If there was an Jim owner Ursa, dumb enough to do it, Ursay would do it. But I don't. Jim Ursa, like, just keep an eye on them. Jim Ursay is Ursa dumb enough. Car in the next two years. He, he, Jim Ursay is dumb enough, and he is crazy enough that that could happen. Just oh, keep that on your radar. Just keep it on your radar. I mean, I I would put Saturday on the list just to round out like a, a seven because I mean, let's be honest, how often do interim coaches really survive? And he's it's been a bit of a rough run, but you're not wrong, man. Ursay loves Jeff Saturday. Yeah, he. I'm, I'm telling you this. Just like I, I'll hold off on it for now. Let's we we can uh, pass over on Jeff Saturday for the minute. Keep a tickler file on that. Josh McDaniels for Raiders. That feels like the whole thing's about to be blown up. That feels like oh. Derek Carr's probably gone. Most of the roster's probably gone. And they're just going full rebuild mode from here on out with a new coach and probably a new He's general He's not manager. leaving. They don't have the money. They've li- There's a bazillion reports about it. It's so funny. Actually, one of the funny stories in the thing. They've made it pretty clear that, I mean, I, as much as I don't think Carr will be there next they, year. They say no, that, though, but... Staying. Do you think Mark Davis is really gonna keep him around another year? I I will I will bet you ice cream sandwich right now. Josh McDaniels is the Raiders coach come week one of next year. I feel very confident that he's not going anywhere. I think I think that the Raiders they they're not in a place where they're about to shake that position up again. After one, I mean year. they're still paying Gruden, aren't they? So, yeah, they're paying they Gruden. They can't. I don't know. Like can they afford to pay two? Can they afford to pay three head coaches? Uh, yeah, it's so not no, happening. Man, I, I feel like... Especially after buying the new stadium? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. they're 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 not... I mean, he deserves they to be should fired. Fire him. The, the job that he's done this year is fireable. Yeah, he should be fired, but I don't I don't think that... He That's will, crazy. Like, I, I never... I, I don't think about that, crazy. though. Yeah, yeah, they, oh, they're that, in not, that would they're genuinely be brutal if if uh, they couldn't fire him literally because they couldn't afford to pay yet another head coach. That would be one of the saddest things. <laughs> yeah, Raiders assure Josh McDaniels will be back for twenty twenty three season. Uh, yeah, I mean, contract. but can we file that away with more of that uh, PR fluff? I'm sure, but like. I've just I've seen a lot of smoke with it where it's just they're not financially willing to pay that many coaches at once. Which is just <laughs> so funny. Like this this division tried so hard and they just all fell on their faces so in, in such beautiful fashion. He's <laughs> and staying in the same division, man, 
Brandon Staley. Like, if this year doesn't end well, come on. Like, if they lose the next two games. If they – let's see let's see what happens against Nick Foles tonight. <laughs> I, I still think Staley, like I, – I like the Chargers' chances of probably still making the playoffs in the last spot. So, we'll see if uh, – I do as well. They, they the charge her so often still. Like, that's the problem with them is they still find a way to charge her from game to game. And it's like, come on. You have one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. You have a great defense. How are you not getting stuff done on a weekly basis? I, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. Cause the thing is like with Staley, I mean, if they make the playoffs, they're not going to fire him. Right. And I like the chances of making the playoffs. I think they should fire him. I think Staley's kind of a moron, but. Uh, hey, if there was, if there was one organization that proved that firing a winning coach can still be a really good benefit to you, it was your Broncos, Eric. What happened when you fired your head coach when Peyton Manning was there? I guess that's true. They did win a Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, yeah they did. Because that's who was holding them back. I think, I think that the only, holding them back. I, I will say the only real way they fire their head coach is if beforehand there's some backdoor dealing that says, like, okay, Sean Payton, you're for sure coming here. Yeah, that's, man, Sean Payton being out there, I think, does muddy the water for a couple of teams, honestly. Like if Sean Payton chooses somewhere else, they'll they'll have Brandon Staley back. I I really do believe that. I think with Staley, I I I just feel like for like a Chargers organization that's just so desperate to be good, I think they'll just latch on to a winning record here, you know, and that'll be like enough for them to not to not move on. I think. Yeah. Let's look at the NFC East. I think Mike McCarthy, that's the easy one. If the I'll just say this. If the Dallas Cowboys don't go to the Super Bowl, Mike McCarthy will not be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys next year. Disagree. NFC championship or bust, in my opinion. I think I think that would be enough forward progress for Mike McCarthy to remain the coach of the Cowboys. Unless Peyton's, like... I think I'm probably in agreement on at least, like, the championship being enough, especially if they miss out, which, I mean, they're probably going to miss out on the first round by, but you never know with Hurts being benched for a little bit. But I think... uh, I think if they get that by and they don't make the Super Bowl, though, I think you're probably still right that he might be out of there. Especially if Peyton's available to like that's absolutely something Jerry would throw throw himself at. So much money. I think that Ron Rivera, if they don't make the playoffs, I could see Washington making a change. But the the thing that might save Ron Rivera is the ownership flux. Like they could just remain, say, we're going to remain status quo and let the new owner deal with it. I think it's sort of that, but I also think he he is really one of those, like, players coaches. And there's a lot, like, I think he's getting more out of that roster than deserves to be gotten. And I think that's why he he at least deserves to keep the job. And I think the ownership flux does help him in that regard rather than hurt him, too. So, 
I, I believe he'll be around next year. I think he's just one of those like coaches that like the players would, would go to war for, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, when they were rallying around him during the cancer thing and he's just, he's just one of those, one of those coaches that I think it would be foolish for the commanders to fire because I think he gives them, I mean, stability and the commanders are not the words that usually go hand in hand, but I think he has stabilized that position a little bit where I think somehow not the culture of the team at large, but the culture of the players in the locker room. I think the vibes are okay when Carson's not in there ruining everything. Like, I think it's, I think it's all right. Like Rivera is, I think firing Rivera, they would be uh, risking a descent into, into chaos. You know, some teams don't know how good they have it with a coach like that. So I, I think, I think you'll probably be okay. Did you guys see the uh, Pro Bowl video with him? Him and him telling his guys that they made the Pro Bowl. Because if you I have not seen it that. is it, it's it's a really excellent watch because their special teamer who who made uh, the starting roster for the Pro Bowl, he has been in and out of lineups like seventeen times over the past five years, just being bounced up and down from practice squad to active roster. And like, this was the first year he had actually been on an NFL roster on week one. And like, it's, it's a really like touching story of his in general. And then like, he, he tells everybody and he's telling one of their, uh, their kicker or their punter, I can't remember which made the pro bowl as well. And when he tells him, he's immediately like, can I be in the room when you tell this other guy that he's made it he's like i want to see like how he reacts to that sort of stuff and it was just it was this really beautiful moment that's cool um, between a guy who clearly cares about the people that he's coaching and, and somebody who's been trying like hell to make something work and getting recognized for it and so it's a really great video well worth the watch rivera rivera just seems like a good dude and i think it would be a mistake for them to fire him NFC North. Okay. NFC North. Sorry, I stuttered there for a moment. Uh, yeah, NFC North, I think everyone's safe. Everyone's safe. There's you. no shot. Like, think... first-year coaches that have looked okay. I mean, Eberflus is definitely going to get another year. He hasn't been an outright disaster. And, I mean, like, Luffler is fine. And, and Eberflus with the Bears, they clearly have, like, a plan of, like, well, this is in our year. Let's figure some stuff out and be ready for next year. So... Yeah, the Bears haven't been in a situation where I, I think the thing with these coaches, these first year coaches, or the coaches that get fired within a year or two, it's not losing records that does it to them. It's when they're not like it's it's when somehow they're like worse than the roster. You know, like I think of like a Hackett where he is actively making decisions that are costing the Broncos uh, in, in big moments. Whereas the Bears roster is just terrible, and they know it. They stripped it apart for picks and, and whatnot. Like, they're under no delusions of winning right now. They're sitting pretty with, like, a top three pick this year. Like, there's, there's, they haven't been losing games because of Eberflus. They've been losing games because the roster is trash. And that's something that they're going to work on, and Eberflus <laughs> is in on the plan. He's not going anywhere. All right. You, you good there, Eric? Yeah, sorry. My internet connection's being a little bit funky on me. Uh, that's okay, though. Yeah, I'm kind of zoning in and out for some reason. You guys are cutting out a little bit. It's okay, though. Let me pause this for a second. Okay. 
All right, here's where I think we have the most turnover, the NFC South. Panthers looking for a new coach, although I do think they'll hire Steve Wilkes. I think they've been good right. enough that that they're going to do that. The Buccaneers, oh my God. Like, they have two problems. Their offensive line is terrible and down to like their third string at every position. The other problem is that Todd Bowles is just not good at this head coaching thing. Like, at all. Like, he's just, he, he, he's shown it in two stops now. I don't think he'll ever get a shot again. He's a really good defensive coordinator, but he, he's a really terrible head coach. And I think the Buccaneers will get rid of him because I think there's a chance if they're going to do everything in their power to try to maybe convince Tom Brady to come back for another year. Or maybe they'll let Tom Brady walk. But either way, they're going to be rebuilding a little bit this year in Tampa, I think. Two, Dennis Allen, just a bad head coach. Just a bad head coach. Not good at really anything. Just a bad head coach. Here's the surprise one. I really do think there's a chance they fire Arthur Smith. I I really do think there's a chance. Because he's talking, if you listen to his press conferences over the last three weeks, he's talking like a guy that's going to get fired. Like, just keep an eye on that one. I really do think that he'll he'll be gone. I'm actually kind of with Eric on this one. I, I think Arthur Smith is feeling some heat. He does talk like a guy who's not. Arthur Smith has now gone two years in a row getting more wins out of his roster than he should. Firing him would be a mistake, in my opinion. Yeah, but I think Arthur Blank is impatient. Well, what else is he going to get? Like you're not gonna find a coach better. Maybe than Sean Payton. He's pro- why he'll would probably, Sean Payton go to the why? He'll probably he talk that? himself into Sean Payton. No, but why would Sean Payton ever go to the Falcons? It, no, I, I I'm not disagreeing with you. But Arthur beyond, Blank, even beyond the rivalry, Arthur Blank there, is not thinking the way you're thinking, Bradford. No, I'm saying Sean Payton wouldn't go there. He's no, not no, going to coach Desmond Ritter. But Arthur Blank thinks he might. Arthur Blank is a billionaire owner who thinks he can throw enough cash at Sean Payton that he thinks Sean Payton might go couch for him. I, I really do think Arthur Smith's probably gone. I'll bet you an ice cream sandwich on that too. Well, in, okay, in I'll, I'll, I'll take that. you on. I'll take Ooh. you on that one. I, I I'll take you on that one because I do think Arthur Smith is gone after this year. In the reverse of that, I think Steve Wilkes deserves to get that job. Yeah, I think he, I, I, I think he, even if it's not with the Panthers, I think he's going to be strumming up like significant interest as a coaching option. Like he deserves at least a shot, man. I mean, he's done wonders with a team that has been abysmal. They might make the playoffs. They <laughs> low key might make the playoffs. That would which be the would most amazing be, thing in the world. Absolutely insane. Uh, they control their destiny right now. They need to win their last two games, and they're in. It's ridiculous. Like NFC they West, the Bucks. Then they they have the tie. Like it's ridiculous. NFC West. Final thought here, and then we can head out. Let's just end the Cliff Kingsbury experience. Like I've been on this since Please. day one. I've been on this since day one. Really, all the guy does is tunnel screens to nowhere. Like that's his favorite play to call. No matter who his quarterback is, he's not very good at this whole coaching thing. He was overhyped from the beginning, and the Cardinals. GM is now no longer with the team, basically, and they they need a new head coach. 
And it would make sense for them, even though they gave him a lot of money, to maybe shop around Kyler Murray a little bit and say, hey, what will you give us teams that are desperate for quarterbacks? Like, say, oh, I don't know, the Colts. Like, what will you give us for Kyler Murray? He's a nice, shiny toy. And maybe just kind of do the rebuild there because the roster is not good enough and the quarterback's not good enough and the coach isn't good enough. And they're kind of like the Broncos, but not in cap hell. So, Kyler not being good. I think Kyler's a piece worth building around. Oh, my God. Kyler Murray is the most overrated quarterback in the entirety of the NFL, hands down. I think if you give Kyler Murray – I can see the vision of a Sean Payton, Kyler Murray card. Oh, my God. I think Kyler is immature, and I think he needs work, but Kyler has the ability to be an excellent quarterback. He has been that guy – in stretches, it's been inconsistent. In stretches he got a lot. for like three or four games at a time. He has never put together a full season, ever. Listen, if grown men are willing to believe in Tua Tungavaloa, then you can stretch your imagination to believe in Kyler Murray. He All right, fine. Has... I'll, you, you, you'll die on the Kyler Hill this offseason. I'm not like already, a Kyler I can already, I can already tell this is where this podcast is going this offseason. It's going to be a lot of Bradford saying, oh, guys, like, you know, look out. Look out for Kyler. I'm and... not I'm not a big Kyler guy, but I'm saying I think you could do a lot worse than Kyler Murray as a franchise piece to build around. Kyler is one of the quarterbacks that I would say makes a difference to his team. I think the majority of quarterbacks are not replacement level, but they're kind of replacement level where it's like they're more or less more or less the same guy. Kyler when he's on can be in the echelon above that. He has done that before. He has shown us that. Now, if it'll be with the Cardinals, I don't know. That whole situation is an absolute mess. But I, I think the Cardinals would be wise to hang on to him because I think it would be hard for them to find a better option than him right now at this point. I think it would be pretty entertaining if uh, he ended up on the Seahawks with uh... – with Pete Carroll there, imagine Pete Carroll running back the Russell Wilson years with Kyler Murray. Oh, that would be fun. Find him a big bruising running back, Kyler Murray just making a couple of plays a game. I would be down for that. That sounds fun. <laughs> that would be an entertaining season. Won't happen, but it'd be entertaining as hell. Yeah. Like, I, want, I don't want to paint myself as a Kyler Murray fan. Like I don't want to be pigeonholed into that. Well, just, you've already done that, so I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You should change your willing. Twitter profile, Kyler Murray. I and I'm you. not. And I'm not. Willing I do not to let that go. have any strong emotions towards Kyler Murray. But you clearly but do. Just, you just defended him for like ten I, I, minutes. Eric's quarterback evaluations are so hot takey and volatile. I try yeah, not to. I mean, this as, is true. Absolutely, a hundred percent. If there's one critique of my myself. analysis, it is that it is volatile. And also for There's all like of the non-video watchers, there is a Cliff Kingsbury jersey in the back of Bradford's frame right now. We can both see it. It <laughs> oh, is there. This Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> lost, had like a losing record with Patrick Mahomes, man. It's just not possible. 
right, that's true. All right, Oof. Bradford, what are you gonna cry about now? We'll give you a moment for Chiefs for Chiefs corner. I'm sure you're gonna say, Oh my god, the Chiefs are in real trouble. Oh my god. I, I've got I the best quarter. I've got the in all fact. pro I've got the all pro quarterback in the league, and oh wait, the best tight end, and oh wait, a defense that's slowly improving. Oh my god, though, the, the sky is falling, and I'm not that's going to go anywhere in the playoffs. You're such a child. <laughs> All I said was that the defense was a problem. And you know what? To their credit, they had an excellent game against the Seahawks. They were incredible. Like, but were, I'm sure you're going to cry about something else now and be like, I oh, my God, that, we're going to lose the Bills when we all know how this ends. I have never, Mason, Mason, Mason and I know how this ends. And it's unfortunate yeah. for Mason because he no. knows, no, 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 he knows no. sadness I've is incoming. But this ends with the Chiefs hoisting the Lombardi Trophy and us sitting on a Zoom call the night of the Super Bowl and you having the time of your life. No. No. Which, by the way, prepare for that because our our I'm not I, I do in that reality. Run, I do run our Super Bowl recaps directly after the Super Bowl, so don't party too hard. Oh, I'm just saying. I know how this goes. All right, boys. Thanks so much. This will be the only episode this week. Me and Bradford are on breaks. I'm pretty sure. Um, my friends are in town. I'm gonna go be a twenty-something. Have fun, and uh, we'll be back. Or we I'm trapped in a winter hellscape. Ah, thank you. Yes, winter hellscapes indeed. Uh, we'll be back the week of week 18. There should be, I think we're going to try to do two shows. If you guys are cool with that, we'll do a recap show and then we'll probably do like a Black Monday episode. So keep, keep an eye out for that. Okay, folks, we will see you all next time. Peace out. Uh, take care, boys.